Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA podcast. Really quickly, before we get into this episode, I wanted to mention my Patreon. Patrons get all the podcasts a week early. I do giveaways, I do some other stuff, but most importantly, if you want me to review your music or artwork or anything else, Patreon is the way to do that. Every month, I do a call for submissions. All you need to do if you want me to review something is just post it in the comments of that post. Then I will review it live on Twitch for the hundreds of people that tune into every stream and post it on Patreon for everyone to check out. All you need to do is just join at the $10 and up level, stay tuned for that post, and you are good to go. So if that sounds cool to you and you want me to review your music, artwork, or anything else, hit the link in the show notes for this episode. And thank you very much to everyone who supports over on Patreon. A couple weeks ago, I made a video reacting to Mike the Snare's video called Learning to Like Metal, where, as you might guess from the title, this guy, Mike the Snare, who seems like an awesome guy. This is the first video of his that I had seen. I started watching it. He seems like an awesome guy. Uh, He's more of sort of like a, I think, pop kind of guy. But a lot of his fans said, hey, you should try to get into metal. And so he said, all right, I will try. He talked about Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and Metallica, all that kind of stuff. I did this reaction to it, uh, and one of the things I talked about in this reaction is the um, fact I have actually never owned a Black Sabbath album. I have never owned a Metallica album. I mean, I've heard, of course, I've heard Black Sabbath. Of course, I've heard Metallica. I'm familiar with them, but I've never actually owned that stuff. I just... Classic metal, meaning stuff from like the 70s up until maybe like the thrash era. So like 1975 to 1985 or so. It just never really grabbed me. Just never did because I didn't really hear that stuff until I had already been listening to stuff like The Accused and Sepultura and DRI. And it's kind of hard to go backwards, at least for me. You know, I wanted to find stuff that was heavy and intense and brutal. And so, you know, for me, after having listened to Sepultura, going back to Iron Maiden, I was like, eh, not into it. As I predicted in the comments of this video, people correctly identified that I'm a poser. They said, Finn, how can you possibly say that you like metal? How can you possibly have a YouTube channel dedicated to music when you have never owned a Black Sabbath album? You piece of shit. You're a poser. And you know what? They're right. I am a poser. But today, I would like to fix that. Today, that changes. This is the last day of my life as a poser because today, I'm going to try to get into classic metal. I'm going to give it a fair shot with an open mind. We're going to check out some of the classic metal tracks that you guys suggested. I'll give it another try and see if, hey, maybe at the end of this video, maybe I will say, I am converted. I am now a classic metal fan. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for saving me from a life without classic metal. I couldn't have done it without you. We'll see. So this will be my best attempt at getting into classic metal. I just asked about these songs on Twitter, and these are the ones that you suggested. The first song that you suggested was Symptom of the Universe by Black Sabbath. I have heard this song before, but I actually heard this when the death metal band Internal Bleeding covered it, is how I know this song. Hell yeah. I feel like I'm in a van down by the river smoking some like really bad weed that I stole from my uncle. That's what it makes me feel like. As I'm listening to this, I'm growing like a handlebar mustache and mutton chop sideburns. The fringe jackets. 
I remember uh, when I was in like seventh grade, which was 1990, uh, the stoner kids, a lot of them would wear these black leather jackets with like fringe on the sleeves, which they seemed to think was badass. I th- I thought it looked kind of weird. It looked like something my aunt would wear. Like I never really thought fringe was brutal. What I like about this kind of stuff is how primitive the recording is. It almost sounds like you're in the room with them. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like, I don't hate this. I like that snare sound. It's a good drum sound. I feel like a lot of people have copied this riff. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't hate this. Uh, would I choose to listen to it? Maybe not, um, but I can appreciate it. I definitely feel like if I smoked weed, that would probably enhance the appeal of this for me. Another song that was suggested to me. This is one that I actually know. I remember this um, when I was a kid when I kind of didn't really know that metal was a thing. Like I knew there was like Motley Crue and stuff. And I was like, I kind of like this, but not quite. Is there something like Motley Crue, but better? Judas Priest was one of those bands that the scary stoner kids at my school liked. And so I do remember this song. I remember thinking that this set was really funny because, you know, it's got this like fake perspective road going off into the distance. I remember thinking that was kind of funny. That's a real road? I don't think so. I don't think that's a real road. One thing I find very interesting, did Judas Priest like invent this look? Are they the creators of this? Like the like denim and leather thing. I mean, I know there's Saxon has the song denim and leather, but like the real, um, the leather daddy kind of look was that Judas Priest's thing? Because, you know, most well, let's, let's look at this leather daddy. What, uh, some of you may or may not know <laughs> leather daddy is a term for homosexual men who dress like this. And if you saw this and you thought to yourself, wow, that looks a lot like, uh, Rob Halford, you would be right. Because as we found out, Rob Halford was actually a leather daddy. And uh, he tricked all these probably homophobic metalheads into thinking that dressing like a leather daddy uh, was cool. And I love that about him. Rob Halford out here tricking all these like idiot homophobic metal nerds into dressing like leather daddies. I love it. Uh, And I actually think this is a great chorus. Really catchy. I have a story about Rob Halford also. Um, I went to the Alternative Press Music Awards in 2014 or 2015. I forget which. He was playing a song or presenting or I don't know. For some reason, he was there. And uh, I went to baggage claim when I flew into Columbus. And I was like waiting for my bags to get there. And I saw at a corner of my eye, this like older guy sitting there on his phone wearing a Judas Priest shirt. And I was like, that's fucking Rob Halford just sitting there at baggage claim. And I didn't want to bother him because he seemed like he was in the middle of something. But I was like, I I, I was stoked because he seems like a cool guy, you know. And with Rob Halford in particular, to come out as gay when he did, when that was a very, very unpopular thing to do, especially in metal, you got to give him some props for that. That was that was some... Uh, that was some bold, brave shit. So shout out to Rob Halford. The Judas Priest song that I really liked when I was a kid, though, was uh, Painkiller. This is from, I think, 1990. This came out when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. And uh, I like this quite a bit. Great ripping. A dive bomb. 
Look at all these leather daddies. These hot leather daddies with their hot riffs. Right. I like his little rolled R there. This is what I thought Judas Priest was going to sound like. Um, obviously, the high vocals and stuff. I didn't really like that when I was a kid because, again, I was more into like suicidal tendencies, the accused, Sepultura, that sort of stuff that was more like hardcore influenced. So the high vocals were kind of hard for me to handle as a kid. But uh, yeah, I mean, at least they had like cool riffs. So this is more up my alley as far as Judas Priest goes. Another song that I remember from back then, kind of an obscure one. This was Rob Halford's like thrash side project called fight i think this is from like 91 or 92 um the guy from steel panther played guitar in this band interestingly i liked this album like this song anyway it was cool it does kind of sound like pantera this is like rob trying to do more like alternative thrash kind of stuff not exactly classic metal but uh you get the idea i thought it was cool but shout out to rob halford you know would i choose to listen to judas priest I don't think I would necessarily, but I can respect it. Um, I think they have some cool choruses, some cool riffs, and Rob Halford seems like an awesome guy. I would definitely want to be friends with him. I would definitely have Rob Halford over for a barbecue for sure. Like if he was my neighbor, I'd be really excited. Like imagine you bought a new house and uh, you're like, hey, I, I think Rob Halford lives across the street from us. Be like, well, shit, let's have him over to watch some football and uh, and do some grilling. And I think he would, uh, I think he'd be happy to have a new friend in the neighborhood. I think Rob Halford would be a great neighbor. He would politely ask you to bring in your garbage. You know, he, he would politely say, hey, mate, I noticed uh, your, your trash cans have been out for a couple days. Could you bring him in a little bit sooner? Because uh, when my son comes over, he has to park on the other side of the street because your trash cans are in the way. And I say, oh, no problem, Rob. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll make sure to do that next time. My apologies. I feel like he'd be a great neighbor. We talked about Black Sabbath, but of course, we've also got to talk about Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, I will admit, I've never actually listened to a whole Ozzy Osbourne album, but I do know the singles. And when I asked on Twitter, this seemed to be the song that you guys suggested. I've, I've of course, heard this song before. But uh, it's been a long time, so let's check it out. This is Bark at the Moon by Ozzy Osbourne from, I think, 1983, I think. I was five when this came out, and I remember seeing this video on MTV back then, and I thought it was kind of scary, because obviously ridiculous werewolf outfit and this whole, like, business with the, you know, hearse hauling the coffin around and stuff, and I was like five, I, oh, this is kind of scary and spooky. I don't know if I'm ready for this. This is a little bit much for five-year-old me, which of course, watching it now as an adult, not so scary, not actually terrifying, <laughs> uh, but when I was five, it was. Let me just tell you this. You motherfuckers, you think that just because I've never owned a Black Sabbath album that I don't know about classic metal, let me tell you how wrong you guys are, how wrong you motherfuckers are. After being in Ozzy Osbourne's band, that guitarist, Jakey e. Lee, was in this other band called Badlands, who were sick. Listen to this fucking riff. Sounds like my dad getting shit-faced. This song is the sound of your dad getting shit-faced, right here. Listen to this shit.
I feel like just watching this video makes me want to buy a microphone stand just so that I can tie scarves around it. I just want to go downstairs by our dining room table, just have a mic stand there with a bunch of scarves on it. Like, I can't sing a note. I don't even want to be in a band, but... Just something about this makes me feel like I need to have a mic stand full of scarves. Anyway, if you're a fan of that era of Ozzy Osbourne and you like uh, Jakey e. Lee, that guitarist, check out this Badlands album. It's pretty good. Moving on. When I asked on Twitter, I was thrilled to uh, get some suggestions from the man, Metal Jesus Rocks. The man. If you guys are not familiar with Metal Jesus Rocks, I'll show you really quickly. Huge fan of this man's content. I've been watching him for many years. If you're a fan of retro gaming, you got to check him out. Lives here in Washington. Great guy. Super nice. He had a few suggestions. Let's check some of those out. So we already checked out Ozzy. Pantera, of course. We all know Pantera. Love Pantera. Metallica, I'm obviously familiar with. Um... But how about The Trooper by Iron Maiden? I mean, I know that song, but do I really know that song? All, all I have to say is if Metal Jesus Rocks tells me to check it out, I'm going to check it out, goddammit, because I love that man. So here's The Trooper by Iron Maiden, one of their most famous songs. We all know that riff, right? This must have been a guitar hero or something. This, this just screams guitar hero to me. Ooh, the tights. A lot of hand movements. Bruce Dickinson with strong hand movements. That bass tone, the, the farting bass tone. Look at this. Computer enhance. I just wish there was a way that I could zoom in here more on Bruce Dickinson's um, area. Just because uh, I want to see what he's working with. I mean, these tights don't leave much to the imagination. And wouldn't we all want to know what prime Bruce Dickinson was working with? We need to know. I feel like when someone's wearing tights that are that tight, you can find out whether they're circumcised or not. You just squint a little bit and you're like, nope. Oh, I see it. I see it. Nope. Not circumcised. I mean, that's what the people want to know. Is, is Bruce Dickinson circumcised? That's what I want to know. Tell me I'm not alone. That was the first thing that came to your mind. You wanted to know if he was circumcised. And he's, he's got the uh, turf bangs. Well, they're not quite turf bangs, but he has the same haircut as like the manager of an Urban Outfitters in 2005, right? You remember when like every indie hipster girl had this haircut? Now, would I choose to listen to this? I don't think I would, um, but I can obviously respect it. You know, the, the dual guitar thing that... Of course, lots of other bands like Avenged Sevenfold, you know, would go on to like, you know, sort of borrow uh, later on. Lots and lots of bands did that. Would I choose to listen to it? I don't think I would. Not into those sort of like power metal-esque type of vocals. So I, I'm not sure that I would choose to listen to it, but I can respect it. Some solid songwriting. I will say that, although I wouldn't necessarily choose to listen to it. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. 
Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use HyperFollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. Next thing he mentioned was Rock You Like a Hurricane by Scorpions. Let's check that out. I do remember this song. This also came out. Metal Jesus is a few years older than me. I was like maybe four or five when this came out. They were known for being from, uh, were they from East Germany or West Germany? I don't remember. They were German back when the Berlin Wall was still up. And so they had that big song, The Winds of Change, that blew up. Um, when the Berlin Wall came down. I remember that. This was an earlier song, Rock You Like a Hurricane, which I do remember. A tiger, I mean, you know it's the 80s because there's girls with uh, with makeup like that and a tiger and neon. Already, this is just screaming 1984. Also, shocking how loose the playing is in this song. Like, it sounds like they recorded these parts separately and they're dealing with like a hundred milliseconds of latency because this is like some shockingly loose playing. But it's a great song. Look at those 80s babes. They just, they can't wait to get their hands on these boys and scorpions. Just please anything. Just let me, let me get my hands on that beautiful, sexy man. What's a R- Rudolph Shanker? Is that his name? Rudy Shanker? They had to put up a steel cage to keep the babes away from Rudy. That snare. That snare sounds like a sneeze. Like, oof. 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 Bless you. 
What's amazing is how old everybody looked back then. 1984, so he was probably like 26 or something here, and he looks 45. He looks older than me, and he was probably like 26. Drums in the 80s sound like fireworks. That's true. Great chorus. I gotta say, these cages, though, I have some, uh, I have some safety concerns about these cages. Look at this. Look at these girls shaking the cage here. I have a lot of safety concerns. I don't think that cage is going to hold up for long. This band is at risk. Someone call the union steward. Call OSHA. I've got concerns. Definitely an OSHA violation. You know, obviously this is a little bit dated, right? But it's a great song. Um, great chorus. I can see why this was so popular. Again, would I choose to put this on a playlist? Probably not. But uh, it's a damn good song. I can respect it. What else did he suggest? Oh, uh, Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer. I wouldn't really call that classic metal. I do love that song. That is one of my favorite Slayer songs. How about uh, Holy Wars by Megadeth? That's sort of on the border of classic metal because that's really more like thrash. I am familiar with this song. My first thought, just from seeing this thumbnail here, my first thought is uh, Dave in some white jeans, some very tight white jeans, I feel like maybe if we get lucky, we can zoom in. I see this is remastered in HD. Maybe there's enough resolution for us to zoom in and see if Dave is circumcised. Let's find out. I love this song. One of the best thrash riffs of all time. Megadeth sucks, but this song's fucking awesome. Of course, your man, Dave Ellison, who would have ever guessed 30 years later, I would open up Twitter one morning and see Dave Ellison's 54-year-old uh, dong shooting his jizzy jizzle on my Twitter timeline. And I said, oh my, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I could have gone the rest of my life without ever seeing that. <laughs> but I gotta say, you know, for being 54, the volume and force of his jizzy jizzle, really impressive. Um, I gotta give him some props for that. Well done, Dave. Maybe it was not the best idea to do that, but good performance. A bad band with five good songs. Five seems like a little bit much to me. Yeah, Dave's voice is just horrible. That's the problem. R.I.P. Nick Menza. Great drummer. Great song. Great riffs. I'm going to go out on a limb. The comments are 99% about smoking weed in a van in high school. Listen to this. That's definitely what I think of with Megadeth. This came out when I was um, probably nine or 10. And the kids that listened to Megadeth back then were definitely the type of kids like the, you know, the stoners with the fringed leather jackets and like that haircut, you know, from Beavis and Butthead that makes everyone look like they're 35 years old and a moron. They would skip school to go smoke weed. Uh, out behind the wood shop, you know, and there's a little thicket of woods behind the wood shop at school. That's what I thought of if you asked me who a Megadeth fan was at the time. God, this is a universal experience, apparently. Kids that hung out on soggy, discarded sofas in the woods, ripping filters off their Marlboros. Ugh. All right. Well, shout out to Metal Jesus for uh, those suggestions. I'm truly honored uh, that he took the time to suggest that. I'm not a fan of Megadeth in general, but this song fucks. No question about that. Another person who made some great suggestions, Become the Knight. If you're not familiar, he is a uh, YouTuber who I think he makes great videos. Very smart guy too. I know him on a personal level as well. He's a cool guy, makes great videos. You should check them out if you haven't. He had a few good suggestions. So we already listened to Bark at the Moon, 
We already listened to Iron Maiden. How about Quiet Riot? Come on, feel the noise by Quiet Riot. Or uh, as we used to call them back then, we would spell it Q-U-O-T-R-O-T, -O -O like Quot Rot. That's how people would say it. All the like loser burnouts, the fringe leather jacks would be like Quot Rot. I'm very disturbed by the way they spelled cum, C-U-M. I feel like that was out of line. Nobody needed to do that. This is one of your least favorite songs ever. No, this song is great. Watch out. He put on Quiet Riot. He might just bring down the house with all the rock and roll. I remember also their mascot. They had this album called uh, Metal Health. Get it? Not mental health, but metal health. Get it? This was the cover with this guy in this mask. And I remember at the time thinking this was, again, I was like six when this came out. I remember thinking that this was like so disturbing, like, oh my God, this guy's locked in an asylum and they've got this uh, gruesome mask on him. Oh, this is, this is so disturbing. Cause again, I was six years old. Not quite as disturbing when you watch the video as an adult, um, but there, there we go. A reference to the cover art of the album. Girls, rock your boys. I thought you said quiet riot. Jesus, why is this so loud? Why is my parents' house crumbling? That's right. He's looking at the mask going, oh no, have I made a mistake? Maybe that's the stone mask from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. He's about to get turned into a vampire. Don't put on the stone mask. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Does the song need to be five minutes long is my question. I don't know why either. Speaking of come on, feel the noise. What's going on here? I feel like he's getting splattered with cum. Like interdimensional space cum from all the rock and roll and the speakers spraying him with cum. Here it is. And look how old they looked. Again, they looked so old. These guys were probably like 28. They looked so old. Everyone back then looked so old. Rudy Sarzo on bass playing overhand like that. You look old and you smoke a pack before noon. <laughs> yes. What a solo. Either way, um, I would say this song is definitely corny. Would I choose to listen to it? No. Um, but it's a great chorus. I remember this song from when I was five or whatever. The cover, the mask on the cover, not as scary as it was when I was five. But uh, yeah, I would say it's a good song. Would I choose to listen to it? Probably not. But it's a good song. Another suggestion that he had was uh, Merciful Fate. Now, I am familiar with Merciful Fate. I don't know this particular song. Doomed by the Living Dead. I don't know this song. Let's check it out. Sounds a little heavier. This is from what? 82 or 83? Something like that. Very early shit. 82, okay. I mean, this is pretty heavy shit for 82. The vocals, when it comes to Merciful Fate and King Diamond, the vocals are obviously the thing that's gonna either make it or break it for you. I kind of like them. This is my favorite song. My favorite Merciful Fate song. I like it. Good drummer, too. I did own this album. You guys think I'm a poser. I've never owned a Metallica album or a Black Sabbath album, but I have owned multiple Merciful Fate albums, including this one. 
Merciful Fate. Would I say that Merciful Fate is my favorite band in the world? Probably not, but I like them. I think they're cool. You hear them cited a lot as um, by a lot of the early death metal bands like Morbid Angel and stuff. A lot of them cited Merciful Fate and Celtic Frost as kind of their big influences. And you can hear it. You know, those Merciful Fate riffs for like 82, you know, compare that to the Scorpions and Quiet Riot and stuff. This shit was pretty dark for 82, right? I like Merciful Fate. I think they're cool. I like the lyrics. I mean, the vocals, rather. Obviously, they're kind of goofy, um, but I like them just for what it is, you know? I wouldn't be upset about listening to this in a boomer tattoo shop. This is definitely tattoo shop music. Absolutely. Listening to it at home by yourself, maybe not. But if you're listening to it, you know, when you're getting tattooed, you can be like, this is kind of cool. I like it. So Celtic Frost is good, too. All right. Another boomer metal band, classic metal band that we have got to talk about is uh, Venom. Welcome to hell. I had a friend from Columbia and when him and his brother came here, they were like 12, 13, and they didn't really speak very much English. And they did these drawings of like metal bands. My friend Klaus from Columbia, he had a drawing that he did when he was in like fifth grade of Venom, but he got it wrong. And it says at the bottom, welcome to the hell. So I would make fun of him for years. Welcome to the hell. And to this day, I think of this album as welcome to the hell. It's been a long time since I've listened to welcome to the hell. Let's check it out. Very Motorhead. Sounds like Discharge, too. When I heard them, this is after I'd already been listening to hardcore for years and stuff. So I was like, oh, this sounds like Discharge. It's not good. My favorite Venom song is Teacher's Pet, uh, which has amazing lyrics. This is the best. Not very evil. You know, I thought Venom were going to be so heavy and like satanic and like, I was I was expecting them to be like fucking Dark Throne or something like that. The way people talked about them as the creators of black metal and, you know, all this stuff. I thought they were going to be like fucking Dark Throne or Burzum or something. Not so much. And imagine when I heard the song Teacher's Pet. Not very evil. This sounds a lot like Discharge. Oh boy, she's naughty. What a naughty teacher. She needs to be punished. Feeling something start to rise. My thought began to fly. So Evil Venom, the band that invented black metal, actually just wrote songs about how much they wanted to fuck their teacher. Another band that people recommended um, many times over the years. I've tried so many times to get into Kiss. And... Uh, I hadn't listened to Kiss in many years, so let's check this out. Let's check out God of Thunder, one of the most popular Kiss songs. I just gotta do this with every song. It's so slow. It sounds like you played it on 33 instead of 45 by accident. Another one of these bands, I didn't hear Kiss for many, many years. Of course, I always saw these album covers like at the record store when I was a kid, but it always, you know, back then, I'm just, I'm going to use a bad word that we're not allowed to say anymore, but this was the 80s, early 90s. Back then, we just thought Kiss was gay, you know, because you see these guys wearing high heels, dressed up like cats on the cover of their album, and you're like, that looks gay. I think I'll buy the Sepultura album instead, which I did. So I didn't hear Kiss until I was much, much older. And imagine my surprise when it was this. Ugh. 
it sounds like a joke or a mistake or like it's so slow like i'm genuinely shocked at how anybody could like this this is absolutely horrible this is the only kiss song that i like i think this song's great gas station music man they don't even play this shit at gas stations this is like boomer bar music look at those babes ow Hell yeah, oh look at that. Paul Stanley in his fucking neon trench coat. <laughs> That's what I came here for. Neon trench coat with nothing underneath. There we go, look at that. That's what I'm here for. That one sleazy bar in town that you're not sure why is still running probably plays Kiss, yeah. I wanna rock and roll all night. I wanna party every day. Where do I sign? Where do I sign Gene Simmons? I love how Gene Simmons, no matter how hard he tries to look you know, cool or spooky or glamorous or whatever. Gene Simmons just looks like a smug landlord telling you that he's not going to fix your washing machine. Like, oh, well, that's going to take us a couple weeks. Sorry, buddy. Just going to have to go to the laundromat until then. Imagine seeing a poster of a band with blood and corpse paint, and then you listen to them and get this. Exactly. That's exactly my experience with Kiss. Again, it's, it's not necessarily that Kiss sucks. It's just that I mean, they do kind of suck, but some of the songs are good like this, but it's more just cognitive dissonance because, you know, I had already listened to Slayer and Sepultura, you know, and DRI and stuff. And so for me to go back and see a band that looks like this, but sounds like, you know, this sort of poppy disco bar rock, Gene Simmons looks like my aunt. That was just very jarring. Just a moment of cognitive dissonance. So, I mean, there you have it. We can keep going, but there's a look at classic metal. You know, uh, for all the people who called me a poser, first of all, you're right. You're right. I, I am a poser. It's true. I'm a confirmed poser because it is true. I have never owned an album by any of these bands other than Merciful Fate. That's the only band we've listened to so far that I've actually owned one of their albums. And would I call myself a fan of any of these bands? I don't think I would. I'm a fan of some of these songs. With that being said... Um, I thought it was fun to take a look back at classic metal and, you know, was I wrong? Did I, uh, did I underestimate classic metal? Did I perhaps overlook all these undiscovered gems? I mean, I would personally say no. I'm not going to become an Iron Maiden fan after listening to this stuff. I'm not going to go back and add a bunch of Scorpions or Judas Priest songs to my playlists. But, you know, hey, shout out to these bands. I think there are definitely some good songs. I would still say classic metal, probably not for me. A little bit too corny, but it was fun to uh, give it a shot. And uh, hopefully at least somebody out there found a song that they liked. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, 
everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street.